Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Thank you. Good morning, Perf. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful day to be alive. And the best is yet to be. And the best is yet to come. Yeah. You know, the God that we serve is a God of increase, amen? You know, from Genesis to Revelation, you always see that God is always growing, He's always increasing. You know, He took one Abraham and He built a whole nation that that populate the world today. You know, I mean, the Jewish people, the blessing of Abraham that's on them, I mean, it's amazing. You know, and that's why you find many successful Jewish people because I believe that because of the blessing of Abraham. And you know what? The same blessing of Abraham is also upon our lives as well, amen? Amen. That's why we from Singapore look so young. Hallelujah. We believe in the blessing of Abraham. Amen. Yeah. Because everywhere we go, I can't help but always talk about that in my preaching because everywhere we go, people always ask me, how come you guys look so young? How come you guys look so young? Is it the ginseng? No, it's not the ginseng. It's actually the durians. (laughs) I know you guys don't really like durians. It's, It's a heavenly fruit. Come on, I mean, he has got thorns, so he's a little bit cursed now. But you you find him in heaven one day. <laughs> you find him. Thank you, Pastor Gerard, for inviting me. You know, to be here is a great honor always to grace the pulpit of churches and not. And I love local churches. You know, I love what the Lord used um, uh, uh, local churches to do, and um, especially you know when I, when I hear things that is you, it's, it's such a honor and privilege for me to know that this church you 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 are out of Perth, I mean, you know, you are planting churches all over the world, you know, and it takes God, you know, it takes God, and and whenever God calls us to something, it always takes Him, you know, and that's why when, sometimes when God calls us, we look at ourselves, we are discouraged, you notice that? It's when you look at yourself, you get discouraged, but when you look to the Lord, you'll be encouraged, amen, amen, because He will be our resource, amen. You know, and I came to bring you a word today, um, um, beginning from Psalms 37, verse 18 to 19. 18 to 19. You know, um, the Lord knows the days of the blameless. It says, the Lord knows the days of the blameless and their inheritance will be forever. Underline that. And their inheritance will be forever. You know, what you have is an inheritance. You know, when you have an inheritance, you don't work for it. And the reason why we have an inheritance is because today we are found in Christ Jesus. The day we are born again, you know, we, we went through a divine exchange that all that we have today is our inheritance. It's nothing that we do that we have earned for, we have merit for, but it is called the grace of God that brought us this inheritance and this inheritance is forever. Amen. And it says that the people of the, of the, of the, people of the Lord, they will not be ashamed in the time of evil. You will not be ashamed in a time of evil. 
You know, especially during this time where we're seeing that there are all kinds of things that's happening with the Ukraine war, the fruit supply, economical uh, upheavals, so and so forth. The Lord's word to you today is that you will not be ashamed. And in the days of famine, they will have abundance. They will have abundance. And this is what I want to prophesy to you, that in the days of famine, you will experience God's abundance in your lives, in your families, that you got so much more overflowing out of you, that you got so much seeds to sow into what God has called you to do. Amen. You see, when God wants us to sow into something, when God has planned for a heart of the house next week, let me tell you this. This coming week, be expectant of His blessing that is going to come suddenly your way. It's just going to come suddenly your way. You know, if this week you receive a blessing from out of nowhere or somewhere, just know this. It's God supplying you with seeds. You know, the Bible says there's seed for the sower, bread for the eater. You know, there's some blessings is for us, for our own consumption, but there's some blessings for us is for our seeds. You know, the seeds are important because seeds, without seeds, you cannot have harvest. In fact, in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, coal and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So when as long as the earth remains, is the earth still remaining? I know we had a rain, but the sun came up this morning, right? Right, the, the, the earth is still in one piece. So it remains. What does that mean? There's seed time and there's harvest time. You know, and that's a powerful principle the Lord has given to us believers, you know, to walk in every day so that we will experience heavenly abundance and resources in our life. Because as the earth remains, every time when we sow a seed, the harvest will come. You know, it will take time. You may sow a seed now, but you experience a harvest later. You know, it's like if you have, let me, let me ask you, you, you don't like durian, right? Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about a fruit that you like. Uh, mango. Yeah, you like mangoes. I know, I know you guys love mangoes. Mango. Yes. How many, how many seeds is there in one mango? One. Yeah, there's only one seed in one mango, right? But when you plant that seed, what happens? You, you get a tree. And a tree can have how many mangoes? A few hundreds, right? And so then you get many more fruits and many more seed. But if you, if, you, if you love mango and the seed and you ate up that seed, you know, if you, if, if you got nothing to plant to the ground, you won't get a harvest of fruits. Amen. You know, so in, in, in the season of famine especially, you know, the Lord wants you to sow. When times are difficult, the Lord wants you to sow. You know, and as you sow, the harvest will come. You know, and um, you know, many times we don't see farmers sowing, but we see the field harvesting. You know, when we look at our when we look at our friends and our neighbors, you know, I mean, I'm talking about believers here. You know, and sometimes you see the harvest in their life, but we don't see the sowing in their life. You know, once I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, you know, how come I only experience harvest in certain season of my life? 
You know, Lord, I, I want to experience harvest in all season. And then the Lord replied me and said, then you sow in all seasons. When you sow in all seasons, you will harvest in all seasons. Yeah. Amen. And the point here is, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8, it says, the point here is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sow bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. So even in this coming week, as you're preparing your heart, right? In your heart, what is that amount that you want to give? And when a week comes, give it. Sow it as God put it in your heart. Whatever that amount is, as God put it in your heart, right? And as you have had that amount in your heart, and even if you don't have that amount, at the moment where you, where you have it in your heart to want to give, you know, trust the Lord for the seed. Trust for the Lord for the seed. All right, that is a seed. And then you experience your harvest that is going to come. Amen. And he says that for God loves a cheerful giver. And then God is able, I love this, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. All grace. And so that having all sufficiency in all things, oh, I love this, God is so good. All sufficiency in all things at all times that you may abound in every good work. Isn't that amazing? It's at all times, in all things, in every good work. What a good God we serve. What a good God we serve. You know, when, when we start to walk in the principle of sowing, we will begin to experience that super abounding blessing that God has prepared for us to walk in. Amen. You know, and, and, and maybe some of you might be thinking like, yeah, we're we 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 coming into difficult times. You know, Pastor Benjamin, we're coming into difficult times, you know, and then out of the house, why such a time? Why do you plan? Why, do, why does the church plan to want to take over Montreal during such a time? You know, why do we like Canada now? You know, why not later on? How about wait for things to get a little bit better when our pockets are full, you know? Uh, when the mortgage interest rate is not so high, you know? You know, we, we are, we're always thinking of an ideal situation to be doing something that God wants us to do. Then, then we think that is God. You know, but, but let, let me tell you this, especially, sometimes, especially when times are going tough, you know, God will call us to projects that we, by our own resources, cannot handle. Anyway, I remember um, in uh, 2009, uh, when I was the general manager of New Creation Church, you know, and at that time we were building a big building. It's up already, praise the Lord, you know. And uh, when, but when I took on the when I took on the position and the role, um, the the project amount was 280 million. Oh, somebody found a picture, isn't that beautiful? That's my church. Yeah, there's a light show there. Yeah, you see the top there. That's my apartment. <laughs> That's just kidding. That's the, I think it's the um, wedding hall, I think. <laughs> oh, the brilliant. Who's so anointed to, to put up the picture? Very good. <laughs> you know, and so this, this project, we started with 280 million. 
2009, you know, there was a financial crisis. I'm sure you know about that, the great financial crisis, the GFC. You know, and then the budget from 280 blew up to 500 million. You know, and I'm the general manager. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, did, did my pastor hear God wrongly? Huh? I, I think he did, right? <laughs> you know, because I, I cannot understand. Lord, I said, Lord, you know, wh why do you give us a $500 million project in the middle of a financial crisis? Who is going to have the money to give to this $500 million project? I, I, cannot, I cannot understand. You know, and then one Sunday... My pastor stood up and he, he, and he preached like a similar, like a heart for the house kind of a service. We call it a miracle seat Sunday service. You know, and he stood up there and he started to um, uh, encourage the people. And then he told, he told all of us, he said, the reason why the Lord has positioned, the Lord knows everything. The reason why the Lord positioned for this building project to be right in the, in the middle of a financial crisis, in the middle of a famine, is because the Lord won the church to sow our way out of the famine. So some of you in your natural thinking, you might be thinking that, oh, wow, you know, it is the church that wants our money. No, it is not that the church wants your money. It is God wanting your blessing and your harvest and He's creating an opportunity right now for you to sow out of your famine in your life. You see, but that, that, that is the way God thinks. It's not the way we think. Yes. Right? And I'm so glad that when my pastor shared, I was like, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you know, and people start getting a revelation, you know. And, and, and let me say this, that, you know, and by the time before, just before we move into the building, right, just before we move into the building, because I was still the general manager, we had the money to pay up the whole entire building in five years. In five years. You must be thinking crazy rich Asians. No. We, we, we got a rich heavenly father. We got a rich heavenly father. And... and and I want to say this, that, you know, that in, in, even in the, in the fundraising, there was, it was everyone who gave. It wasn't a, a few rich people came together and wrote a check of 500 million. No, it was everyone who gave. There was only one single person that gave a $1 million check. Everybody gave. Because, because you see, that's, what, that's why the Lord wants everyone to participate. Because He wants everyone's seed. You know, and when everyone plant their seed and sow their seed, they get their harvest. And as they get their harvest, they continue to sow. And as they continue to sow, they continue to get their harvest. As they get their harvest, then they continue to sow. And then they continue to get their harvest. You know, and I'm saying this, you know, in front of Singaporeans who are here with me, you know, that there's also from my church, you know. And they will tell, I'm not lying, you know, and, and, and they will know that they, the people, you know, have grown and they have prospered, you know, and, and you know how the Lord has prospered the people. But you see, but in order, because the Lord has, has put in place a principle, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. So he wants his people to activate that principle so that when that seed is in the ground, 
oh, the harvest is on your way to you in your life and your family. Amen. You know, in fact, when we, we, when the budget blown from 280 and five to 500 million, of course, I'm the most worried guy in the church, but I, I look the coolest. I just like, oh, it's okay. You know, trust God. Trust God. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and so it was a 220 million increase. 220 million increase. And uh, thank, thank God, my, 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 and, my, and my pastor said, that, that is Nehemiah 220. The shortfall. You know, my, my, my pastor said that, you know, that's Nehemiah 2.20. He says, you know, where he says, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. So whatever shortfall there is, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Himself. God is not going to send an angel. God is not going to send someone, but God himself will prosper us. He didn't say so. so wait a minute here. The people in the book of Nehemiah, they were rebuilding the temple. But God did not say, He did not say that God, the God of heaven Himself, will prosper the temple. No, He will prosper the people. So that's why I'm saying the prosperity and the harvest is coming your way. And therefore, we, the servants of the Most High God, we can arise and build His house. So get ready. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Turn to the other neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> Isn't it exciting? It's fun. You know, of course, now I look back, I think it's fun. <laughs> I've done my part. Pastor Jura, I've done my part. And, and now it's your part, your season. I've done my part. But I look back now, it's so fun. <laughs> So, but back then, it wasn't very fun. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't really, really, I mean, it was like, oh, man. But you know what? I, the, the one thing about being involved in church, being involved in the house of God is like, you know, you, you, you see for, you experience firsthand the miracles of God. You see, it's like the disciples, right? As they distribute to the 5,000, as they feed the 5,000, the miracle happened in their hands. And that, that is such a privilege. That is such a privilege. Amen? You know, and I just want to close with this story in uh, Genesis 26. A story about a famine. It says, There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And this happened in the days of Isaac. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistine in Jorah. And then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. So the first thing that the Lord told Isaac during a time of famine is, do not go down to Egypt. Egypt is a picture of the world. Egypt is a picture of the world. In times of famine, do not turn to the world for answers. It's time to switch off your Facebook and your social media and your TV. Stop listening to bad news that's on the TV. You've got enough bad news already. Don't go to the world for answers. Turn on to the good news. Start hearing the good news. Amen. Because when we go to the world, we go downwards. 
Right? What does it say? Do not go down. So if you want to go down, then you go to the world. But if you want to go up, you stay where the Lord has asked you to. Amen. And then the Lord told him, He said, dwell in this land. And I will be with you and bless you. I love it. Dwell in this land. Dwell where you are. Dwell in the church. Dwell in the fellowship of His people. You know, dwell where there is counsel and there is safety. You know, and, and, and what He said to Isaiah, and I will be with you and I will bless you. And for to you and your descendants, I will give these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. And I will give all your descendants all these lands and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. What an amazing blessing. Just by staying where you are. The land of multiplications and the land of blessing. So stay where you are, you know. But he said, but it's a famine. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on his promise. You know, and, and Isaac stayed in this land, he says. He says in verse 6, so Isaac dwelt in Jurah. So the next question is, what, what is this land? So that Isaac stayed in, that he received these great blessings and multiplication and lands. Oh, wow. How many of you want that? How many of you want that? Come on. You know, you, you want to receive a blessing, especially during famine. You want that, right? You know, and there's a little secret I want to give you here. And it's found in the word Jerah. Jerah in the Hebrew, it means rumination. You know, in Hebrew, it means rumination. It is a picture of meditation. You know, so Isaac is a picture that the Lord is painting for all of us. That if we are to dwell in the land of meditating in his word and not going down to the world, you'll begin to experience the blessing and the multiplication in your life. Dwell. In the place of meditation. Don't meditate on the bad things. You know, that's why when we go down to the world, you know, we'll, we'll meditate on the bad things. Right? Worrying is meditating on the wrong things. Right? Worrying is meditating on the wrong things. That's all. You know, but meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. You know, because the Word will bring blessings to you. You know, we talk about sowing. Right? You know, in Isaiah 55, he talk about sowing, that the seed for the sower and bread to the eater. What the verse that I quoted earlier in Isaiah 55, it was referred to as the Word of God. In Corinthians, it was quoted, but it was, it was being used to refer to financial seed. So there are two kinds of seed that we will always have. One is the Word of God. Two is the financial seed. You know, and so, but in times of famine, we want to sow both the word in our life and also the financial seed in order to experience, you know, what the Lord has prepared for us. Amen. So that's what exactly Isaac did. So Isaac dwelt there, right? Cool guy, huh? He didn't do anything much, right? In fact, 
the very next few verses, he did something really wrong. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't go through that. I didn't go through that story earlier for some reason. It says in verse 7, all right, so Isaac was so blessed. He is so blessed. He was blessed with a pretty wife. So pretty, so beautiful that the man of the place asked about his wife. The man of the place was interested. All right, husband, take notes now, huh? No, don't do what Isaac do. And he said to the man, she's my sister. Whoa. For she was afraid to say, she's my wife. Because he thought that at least the man of the place would kill me for Rebecca. Because she's beautiful to behold. Oh. What? <laughs> what kind of a husband is that? I mean, some of you say, oh, you know, Pastor Benjamin, I won't be worrying about the, you know, if I ever did that, I won't be worrying about the man of the place killing me. My wife will kill me. You know, and now it came to pass that when he'd been there a long time, Abimelech, the, the king of Philistines, looked through the window and saw there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. And then Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. Endearment, you know, not hi-fi. <laughs> not hi-fi, yeah? Showing endearment. This is adult church, right? Yeah? And how, so how could you say that she's my sister? Isaac said to him, oh, because I said, at least I die on account of her. I mean, this guy, he's just been blessed by the Lord. What is, are you lying about his wife? And Abimelech said, what is this that you have done to us? One of, my, one of the people might soon have laid with your wife and you have brought guilt on us. And so Abimelech charged all his people saying that he who touches this man's wife, this man or his wife, shall surely be put to death. I mean, you think about it. Isaac, he, Isaac lied about his wife, but God preserved Isaac and Rebekah. Despite Isaac's lies, Isaac was found out. He did not confess his mistakes, right? You know, his behavior was not altogether there. But it didn't stop the blessing. Because you see, the blessing is all of grace. You see, oh, oh. if you say that, Pastor Benjamin, you're going to cause people to just live whatever way they want. You see, the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads us into repentance. You see, the blessing does not depend on our behaving. You know, the, the blessing came because for us as believers, or because of what Jesus has done for us at the cross. He who knew no sin became sin for you and I that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And because we are in Christ, we have the inheritance. There's nothing that we do that we can earn it. Amen. You know, so Isaac liked. You know, but that did not stop his blessing. How did you know that? Because it says in verse 12, then after all that has happened, Isaac sowed in the land of famine. In say, it says in verse 12 that Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Wow. I thought he just lied about his wife. You see, God's promises are not dependent on you, but it's dependent on Him. Don't live depending on your performance. Live depending on His promises.
His promises are yes and amen. So Isaac sowed in that land, but he sowed, experienced a hundredfold in the same year. Oh, I tell you, Global Heart, I don't know how to, how to express this, but I, I want you to know the hundredfold is coming to your life in this one year. In this one year, you're going to experience a hundredfold. And it says in verse 13, and the man, this is a picture. You know, I want you to underline that in the Bible or highlight it in your, in your digital Bible. And the man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Underline that special part. See it, visualize it, visualize it, visualize it, visualize it, visualize it. Start visualizing it, Pastor Spencer. Montreal, it's coming. The 30, the 60, the hundredfold, the revival, there's just going to be outbreaking. Outbreaking. Hallelujah. And that's what happened to Isaac. The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous for he had possessions of flocks of herds and a great number of servants so much so that the Philistines envied him. You know, the Lord is going to bless you so much that the world is going to envy you. The world is going to envy you. Too. What, 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 how, how, how come your life is so charm? So no, it's not charm. It's blessed. It's favoured. Oh, but, but your behaviour is not perfect. No, my behaviour is not perfect, but my God is. My Saviour is. Amen. That is the gospel. That's how you will preach the gospel because when the world see how blessed you are, they say, I want to know this God. Amen. I will close with this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, by His poverty, might become rich. The reason why we are able to have all that we can have today is because of what Jesus has done for you and I. Today, I came this weekend to declare this to you. It's because I know what my Saviour has died to give you. You know, and as some of you, you are struggling with that. You're struggling with that you don't deserve it. Yes, you don't. But Jesus loves you and He died for you. You know, and through the exchange of the cross, that all the things that were negative in your life, you'll be exchanged into the positive. All the curses will be, will, there will, there's a divine exchange that's already happening in your life. And if you're not born again, you know, you, are, you, you have not received Jesus as your Lord and a Savior. You know, my friend, I want you to know the first thing the Lord did for you was He died for your sin, you know, and He has purchased for you the gift of righteousness that you no longer have to live in your sin and be dead in your sin, but you can be alive in Christ. Amen. Amen. So all that we can enjoy today is because of what Jesus has done. And that is the only reason why. It's the only reason why I can stand here today. You know, it's the only reason why all of us can be loving the Lord, giving to the Lord, having our families, you know, enjoying a good, abundant life is because Jesus died to give us that life. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise here. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.